guys. Welcome to episode 279 of the podcast with my guest, Nikki Michaud. I want to just remind people that I will be in the DC area for Awesome Con uh, the last week, uh, last weekend, I should say, of this month uh, through April Fool's Day. Please come visit and uh, play an April Fool's joke on me. I don't know. As long as it's lighthearted, I probably won't be too upset about it. Uh, I hope you enjoy this episode. And uh, I have some fun news about a project that I have been working on, but um, I probably am not supposed to say anything yet. So I will tell you more about that soon. And um, I guess this just means that I have dropped a little breadcrumb towards this thing I'm excited about that uh, that I will tell you more about. All right, enjoy the episode, and I'll talk to you soon. Now entering Nerdist.com. And now I'm in full recording mode. All right. There's also no half recording mode, so I don't know why I'm acting like there's because an in between. It's like being a little bit pregnant. It's just I'm just I'm just a little. Oh, I'm, girl, sor- I'm sort of kind of recording. Yeah. I'm sort of kind of. It's it's a. I mean, in the sense that I can, I will be able to hear both of our voices after this is over. Mm-hmm. I am definitely recording. Um, I wanted to say that I love your pendant. Oh, thank you. Uh, it's beautiful. I'm already talking about something that no one can see. Yeah. I'm talking, I went right into the visuals. Talking about jewelry. Uh, but it is beautiful. There's like some, there's some. It's like an amethyst stone PC thing. And then this, um, kind of blue slate rocky kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it has a bit of a, um, a, a sheen, a shine to it. So I don't know if it's like meant to be that way, if they like put like stuff on it to make it look all shimmery. They shine it up. I don't know, but the amethyst thing, would, maybe, um, yeah. It reminds me of something I would pick up in the Southwest. I grew, I was a little kid in the Southwest. Where are you from? Well, I'm from Houston, but okay, yeah. I moved around a lot. And yeah, so yeah. I was young in, um, I was in elementary school in Prescott, Arizona. Okay, I'm from Tucson. Shut up. And I spent <laughs> all my summers in Prescott. Really? Because so both you know, sets of dense, grandparents dense had. ice cream. Yes. The town square. <laughs> it's bananas. <laughs> Yeah, I do. Yeah, you, of course. I Where know. else would you go? The cat's meow. Oh, the like so gift shop that has like the fudge and the porcelain. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. All those little like and used I remember... bookstores and the, all the sort of tribal like great yes, yes. southwestern American Indian like working. Sedona be- before it was like taken over. And, before and it was super bougie or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah. Sedona was really this like gem, this little hidden yeah. find. I mean, like I remember the movie theaters. The one of my first experiences seeing an amazing movie it was uh raiders of the lost ark and it was i I don't know the name of this movie theater but it had this huge chandelier in it yeah yeah and it was just amazing yeah it was was awesome oh my god that is crazy yeah can we just acknowledge that like very few people have any working awareness of prescott who was i i ran into someone else who actually had lived in prescott i was like whoa i mean it's kind of crazy that's what that town square i mean that is basically like the happiest memories of certain parts of my childhood, particularly when my parents were divorcing, was being on that town square, like uh-huh. the sun going down, the square, the old, the, like little senior square dancers uh-huh. who would come and do square dancing at the front of the square, the ice cream place, uh-huh. and like the library where yeah. I would just get, like, how many books can I get that I can just stack yeah. up and, and toddle funny. home with? That's funny. That is so funny. What took you to Prescott and you were moving around a lot? Um, I had asthma really badly. So my parents moved to Prescott because of the altitude yeah. and the dry climate. Yeah. It's true. People, my mom has terrible allergies, and that was one of the reasons she stayed in Tucson mm-hmm. was it's a pretty decent place for people with like hay fever and stuff. Yeah. So they really were. It wasn't like a parent job thing. They were chasing no, they after let's get you healthy. Yeah. And did it work? It, well, um, it did work, but Prescott was really just kind of a horrible town for us. I mean, there were probably five black families. I was going to say, I don't remember um, it being particularly diverse. And, except for, uh, yeah, some, some, some American Indian folks. So it was just a really tense situation. And, you know, we got a lot of hate mail. So eventually... Are you kidding me? Ugh. No, no, it was horrible. And so it just put a lot of pressure on my parents. So eventually we had to leave and um, we went to Houston. Hate mail. Yeah. Yeah. I feel sick to my stomach. Ah, well, you know, that was that was Prescott. 
Um, it is. Really, you're right, though. I think it, was, it is. It's like totally Republican. Um, well, <laughs> well, let's not say Republican equals racist. I'm but. sorry. I don't mean that. <laughs> I am very, very sorry. I should say closed minded, conservative and white. Yeah, it was all those things. And um, there just wasn't a lot of others. So, yeah. you know, um, so that was that. I mean, yeah. it, it had its. I mean, I remember living on the top of this mountain. It was real. Was I living on? Was it what the name? I can't remember the name of the mountain. Thumb Butte. Thumb Butte, yeah. yeah. So, Spruce I mean, Mountain and Thumb Butte are all, yeah. So it had its challenges. So we, um, it just was really, really hard. Yeah. It was hard on, on my brother and I, but it was harder on my parents. Um, we were really not aware of the depth of the, the problems. Yeah. So we ended up going to Houston. And of course, that was really horrible for my health because of the, um, it's muggy and the humidity. Yeah. So I eventually had to get back to Arizona. So um, we went to Phoenix, but um, just I went to Phoenix for like half of my junior year, my junior year of high school. I was mm-hmm. in Phoenix. So, and of course, that's the worst time to do any moving is in high school. Oh, uh, yeah. So I moved to Houston in junior high. So I was a new kid in sixth grade. That was fun. Yeah, that was awesome. Awful. And then, um, and then we moved. Uh, my mom and I moved to Phoenix, where I went to Tempe High for like about a year for my junior year. And then again, it was really hard on the family because yeah. we had split the family because we didn't all move because they yeah. were just trying to get me in state tuition to go to ASU. Got it. And then, um, so then I went back to Houston for my senior year, and then I went to Colorado for school. That's why I ended up in Boulder. I went to Boulder, Colorado. Okay. okay. Because again, I did so well health wise in Prescott. Yeah. We went back to that same thing, high mm-hmm. altitude. Let's small get you up town. in the mountains. And of course, I mean, as soon as I got to Boulder, no more medication. So so that my health sort of took me on an interesting journey throughout no the United doubt. States. Yeah. No doubt. How did you how did you uh, how was that for junior year in Phoenix? You know what? That was awesome. It was. That was oh, amazing. That's good because oh, that's it. like an awkward, potentially a tough time. It was time a really to awkward time, in. but you know. But um, then you get to be cool new girl too. If, I got like, to be that's the cool how you're new girl because see, I was the nerdy, um, nerdy girl at home. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I was like the only black kid in, in the honors classes, and I just stuck out, and and most, and so there were more black people there, but um, you know, I was definitely the nerd. I was definitely not cute. I was definitely not cool. You know, I was in the band. I played the flute. You know, I just had, and I just, you know, it was really not exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so when I went to Tempe, I literally got to start over. Yeah, like, yeah. And so they, I, it, there wasn't like the same kind of level system. So I happened to, I happened to, our school was, we had, a, I went to a really good school in Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, so I happened to be adva- more advanced than most of the kids at Tempe. So I sort of started tutoring. Oh, and nice. so I became like friendly and then, and then someone suggested I try out for cheerleading. I became alternate cheer. I mean, me, the marching band. Like, I guess I, I was can. like, I'm first cheer. And then I, and then, you know, it was warmer. So I got to wear all new clothes and my mom had kind of like relaxed in the whole, like, you don't have, you don't get to be, cause my parents weren't really about following trends and being preppy again. So I was always boring in my clothing. Right. So when we moved, my mom just loosened up on all this stuff and I got to wear whatever. So I got to be cool. And it was really exciting. It was, it was. That is, it's really unusual to have, yeah, to be able to have that reimagining of like, I'm going to turn this to my advantage and I'm going to, It was like that movie, like, you know, 16 Candles or some movie where you get to be the one and and guys were trying to sit with me at the lunch table. It was so bizarre. I think there's something so interesting about that too, because so much of our experience as a young person, you know, I've talked about this on the podcast a lot, but the the experience of being a young person is like, whatever your norm is, is your norm. It's like, well, right. if my parents are divorced. That's what's normal. If my parents are together, that's what's normal. If I go to church every week, that's what's normal. Right. And so to have that, when you have a break like that, or yeah. when you're moving around yeah. a lot, what an interesting, very early lesson about identity. Like, yeah. cause you know what I mean? It's like, I sort of, yeah. I, well, I did live in the same city and I, there were a handful of kids I knew throughout, but I definitely popped around to different areas of the city in terms of the magnet schools I was right. going to. So I was always meeting new people, but I definitely didn't have that sort of like, reet, reet, reet. I'm scratching, you know, rubbing my eyes yeah. like, Oh, here's a totally new environment. And like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not just this person. Yeah. I could yeah. also be this person well, to also, someone else. You know, and- I was kind of in a, um, you know, I was the teased girl. I was the girl who always got picked on easy target. I was never good at the comebacks. I was just, you know, and people would pick on me. I would cry. I wouldn't come back at them. And so, of course, I was an easy target. And so when I moved, I didn't have any of those constraints, you know, or all those people that I was worried about. So it literally was just a whole new world. It was was so amazing. And so when I went back to Houston, I was just like, 
I don't have to be friends with those people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, How and empowering. I just, I got to choose only people because a lot of it in the South, it was, we were integrated schools, but very segregated. Hmm. So, you know, you had like, you know, your friends were the black friends, whether you liked them or not. Mm-hmm. That was just your group. Yeah. And yeah. so if you didn't click with someone in that particular, you know, who happened to live in your neighborhood, you know, it just, and so I ended up being friends with kind of like, you know, the girl from Pakistan and a girl who looked kind of French and, you know, wanted to do fencing in the Olympics. You know, we were all kind of nerdy together. Right, and so right. those were really my friends, but yeah. it took me a while to have the courage to step outside of my group and be friends with who I was just friends with. Yeah. You know, so that, and it took like a move across the country and then back. No doubt. No before. doubt. And then and it helped because when I showed up in Boulder, um, I knew I could be whatever I wanted to be. Yeah. And, um, and I don't, I think it, so I got a little precursor, a little, yeah. little, little prevision of that. Yeah. Did you, um, uh, were you involved in theater at all? Like during that time, were you no, getting into I, that kind of stuff? What were you interested in beyond? Well, let's see. I was in the band, I guess I was in marching Yeah. Band, Did fun. you return to that when you went back to Houston? Did I return? Was I in marching band my senior year? Yeah, I think so. I'm pretty sure I did. I'm pretty sure I did. I can't remember. It's yeah. so hard to remember. But um, I know that I decided not to do band in college. So I'm pretty sure I was in band because I could have gone into band mm-hmm. in college, mm-hmm. which actually was a mistake because CU became like this huge football team and I'd have been traveling and at the Orange Bowl like twice. I mean, oh, that well. been stupid. But I didn't, do, <laughs> I didn't do the band. I didn't do the band. So um, by that time, when I got to college, since I wasn't doing band anymore, I decided to start taking acting class. Now, I had auditioned for plays in high school, but again, I was so nervous. Like, literally, I got on stage, my leg would not stop shaking. Oh, yeah. I said my lines, but my leg wouldn't stop shaking, so I didn't get a speaking part, but they put me in the chorus. And I was just thrilled. Yeah. In the chorus, and and my, my... Favorite, you know, time was the curtain call. I mean, I just was so happy to be a part of the show. I love that. And so when I went to college, I took an acting class thinking, okay, I've got all these hard science classes because I was pre-med, um, but I'm going to take this acting class easy. <sighs> pre-med, a. man. Yeah. And, and so I fell in love. Well, that was when I got over my nerves because mm-hmm. when I started training, um, I was able to actually, you know, perform stuff and was just like, oh, yeah, this is it. And just had a blast. Yeah. Well, it is. It's one of those things that <clears throat> from the outside, you can you can sort of have this idea that it's like you have it or you don't or, you know, that the, mm-hmm. the confidence is just like a thing you have or or you don't and that you never get over nerves and that it's oh, not yeah. a muscle the way learning flute or something like that if you have an understanding of learning how to play an instrument you don't necessarily always apply that to something where it's just like acting i think there's there's a different relationship to that of what people assume is talent or skill and how you kind of train and those things you get used to and push past like you know a shaky leg is completely well you know um, my daughter, you know, it was funny because she wanted to act and she's like, I like acting, and but I'm not good at it. I'm so nervous. I'm just like, of course you are. It's nerve wracking yeah. in the beginning. And the, we always say it kind of, it's nice yeah. when it sort of stays that way. Like when you just, you want a little of that, you well, know, people funny. still say you still want to have a flutter when you get up I to do something. I get, still get butterflies when I'm about to get on stage. It's gotten less and less and less. Um, but the butterflies now, I wouldn't call it nerves. I call it excitement. Exactly. You know, I'm and just, that's the I'm brain, just, right? Mm-hmm. Is like I can have a different relationship to the same physical sensation. I get to decide because it's not what that really feeling any different. Is. It's not really any yeah. different. It's just if you bring the fear along with you. Yep. Yep. Now, do you still do plays and 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 theater? Have you sort of d- d- I kept have, a, a foot well, on each side? Or being you? a um, you know, I'm divorced. I've got two kids, so mostly I'm a single mom. Yep. Uh, I just, my God, I don't have time. Um, I would love to do a play, but yeah. it would be but, such you know, a different commitment. But of... I do track and I do soccer and, and, and you know, and I'm also really busy, you know, um, doing movies and TV. Yeah. So it's something that I can't do for a minute. Yeah. Just a minute, you know, because, well, I love my kids and I love, I mean, I was at track last night, it's almost nine o'clock, mm. and, but I love it. I love yeah. watching them. I love the smiles on their faces and and it's so much fun. So it's just this little period of time because theater never never goes away. I mean, yeah. I, I love doing theater. I really yeah. do. Yeah, that's something that I have not, I mean, I have not, I do, you know, comedy live, but mm-hmm. it's been, I mean, I don't think I've done like a play since college and yeah. my friends who are like, no, 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 no now I'm going to be in New York and I'm doing this play for six months and now I'm coming back and I'm on a show. Yeah. I definitely am like, oh, that's a whole 
that's just a whole other side to it that I have not even, yeah. And it is, it's a real lifestyle moment to be doing, to be committed to like the run of a play. Right. And I just haven't figured out how to do it um, single yet. I mean, I think it can be done. I just haven't figured out quite how. And also, like you said, you're enjoying so many other elements of your life. It doesn't feel like... Well, I like my kids. That helps. And and I like... I don't want... Like, I had to miss a track meet on Saturday for a work thing. I was bummed. Yeah. I don't want to miss the track meet. There's only six. Yeah. You know? And so, for me, these things are... um, This is what I'm living for. I mean, I, I, I love balance. Uh, that's just good me. for you. No, I mean, I, mean I, I I couldn't agree more. I, there are mountains I can climb, but I climb them at a slower pace because the thing, the building my family and watching them become amazing, you know, young people and then turn into amazing adults. Freaking huge contribution to society. Thank you very much. That's right. So, that's know, absolutely right. So I enjoy it, and the, and and the payoff is like you know my daughter's got straight A's right now, nice. and I'm like yeah mom go absolutely. See, so these things excite me, and um you know like I really want to go study Shakespeare at um at Rada in uh, London. Mm-hmm. I really want to go, but it's it's a five week program. Yeah. So for me to up and leave the kids for five weeks is like uh yeah you know maybe not but at some point i will at some point you know i'll be able to do that and to your point shakespeare ain't going anywhere either shakespeare ain't going nowhere it's not he's not going you know, anywhere and, and, and they need to just come and do a little little thing in la really yeah right shout out just Hello. a little just let's come, get them on the phone come do get a five-week do... thing you know yeah. i'm sure a lot of la actors would love to uh, i guarantee some intense, you you know yeah. training come on yeah absolutely um, tell me a little bit about the movie and about the what you're what oh, you're excited about now. Low life, my God, it's the craziest film I've ever done. So I play Crystal, and she's a motel owner, and I'm married to an alcoholic husband who's dying from uh, kidney failure. So I decide the daughter we gave up at birth that uh, we should go back to her. She's grown now, and see if she'll let us have her kidney. Oh so we're my! Gonna buy it. Oh, that's a great. So story. we're going to buy the kidney, and only to find out that my the situation I put my daughter in was something akin to some sort of sex trafficking organ harvesting ring. Shit. So you know I'm a little bit fucked up about that. Uh-huh. So I decide <laughs> I got to go get her. I'm going to go get my get my kid. So this movie is like this woman like trying to save her kid, and along the way she teams up with uh, Luchador and these ex cons. It's insane. Where'd you guys shoot it? In LA and all yeah. the dirtiest places. <laughs> At least it wasn't. I feel like every other thing I do, which by the way, I love Atlanta, but oh, yeah. from a, from a, first of all, I have allergies and yeah. I can like, I'm fine with my allergies here. I don't even need to get shots. Like I take it's a Claritin. Dry. It's, it's dry. Yeah. And I'm from a dry state. Mm-hmm. And the first, like the first round I shot my, the show that I'm on, uh, in Atlanta that first summer. Cause I'd been on, I worked in Atlanta a bunch, but not just like out in the sticks, in the swamps with the chiggers and the chicks. It's an IFC show called stand against evil. And it's like a send up of, you know, it's like horror comedy, but there's a lot of running around and yeah. Oh, those walking dead actors. They do not have it easy. They really don't. I'm glad that the show is as much of a success as it is because their schedules are insane. And that weather is brutal. And my allergies, I was like, why do I feel like I have the flu all the time? And I saw an allergist there and they were like, Oh yeah, this isn't a great climate for you. Like <laughs> you need to be yeah. doing this, this, and this. Here's your inhaler. My yeah, got I mean, my first inhaler. Yeah, because that was that's what it was like for me in Houston. Yeah, sick. Yeah, same. I mean, in same with like San Antonio. The I was mm-hmm. there when I guess it's like I don't know if it's the oak trees. Something is blooming, mm-hmm. and it puts you into like. It's like, oh, these trees are all having sex with each other. There's pollen spores in the air. I mean, it really truly is. It's like there's the sort of, oh, yeah, yeah. It's this sort of like raining down of pollen and of uh, just the thickness of like my skin would have like a coat of like yellow fuzz on it. Oh, yeah. Just the drifting of this pollen. And, uh, and I was, people were saying to me like, oh yeah, if you're not used to this, you can really have a reaction. Like you can really, this is what I'm talking about. I have the exact same, probably the exact same inhaler. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. That sounds so stupid, but it is a whole thing. Your health is something that, um, I mean, because I grew up sick so long, I mean, I started, I had asthma, um, since I was two and I was in and out of the hospital, you know, on steroids and all sorts of things. Um, 
it's it's much more i mean it's much more controllable now than it than it was um i mean like they don't do adrenaline shots anymore right like, right not, not usually but um you know when you're in a situation where you just don't have your your health you're not able to be 100 percent. oh my god it's so hard it's very humbling though right yeah. i mean i think that's just to, to not to just put too much of a sunshiny spin on it but i do think that you know the the friends of mine and even the guests on, on the podcast who have really oh. gone through something that's major very significant to their physical health oh, as yeah. younger people i find them to be more empathetic you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. More humble, more grounded, more well, appreciative. I think of that's the probably why I'm not trying to run around all the time because you know my daughter was sick from like seven to nine, and and we were in and out of the hospital and it was really intense and severe. And you know, just to have my kids running around being healthy is like the of course best. you and you and you're the in the best. moment for that. You're yeah. present for that in a way that probably a lot of parents they don't mean to not be. Well, but you, don't, you, you never see, you when see you're the in value. the hospital with your kid, it's just. Ooh. You just don't think about it ever happening to you. I can't like, even imagine. I thought imagine I was it. in an episode of ER. I'm like, I what? get this it. This is not my life. I get and, it. And you know that all these doctors are coming in and specialists, and I'm all of a sudden I'm like watching this happen. Like wow. And then when it finally ended, and then it took another year for the pain to stop. There was a lot of pain that she had. Bless her and heart. Once we got to the other side of it, and it was like and it was so weird because once we did get to the other side of it. For her, it was like it never happened. She was just normal and fine and bound. And I was like, you don't remember the past 18 months of hell that we went through? And she, I mean, she remembers, but it's like she's so great now. She's just fine. Yeah. You know, she, they, they, they did the surgery and everything's fine. Everything got corrected and, and off you go. But, um, I just could never forget the, um, there was a woman and her daughter sharing our room with us and her daughter had a really severe cancer. And it just, you know, you just count your blessings. And I guess that's why I'm like, oh, I don't need to run off to London for five weeks. I'm good. Understood. I'm and good. Agreed. You know, you just, just to be so happy to, you know, have the life you have. Absolutely. You Absolutely. Know? When you were, uh, when you were in high school, did you have, uh, did you ca- sort of carry friendships with you? I know it's like, I'm, I'm taking a huge leap, but I'm just thinking about the, the sort of, again, like no. the being in the moment of. Be, yeah, but, uh, but like, isn't that, that's kind of part of it is if you're moving around a lot, it's yeah. like, well, I got to be, I'm here. This is where I am in this moment. No, and my, my lasting friendships came out of college. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people I knew in high school, you know, high school was just really kind of a negative experience for me. So, um, I was really happy to go Yeah, and, and I didn't look back. Um, and so college was really where I made the lifelong friendship who I actually still know today. A lot Love of them it. I still know. Um, but we, we're gypsies together. I mean, we've moved, but we stay in touch and it's not like they're my best of friends, but I still know them, which is yeah. really kind of crazy. That bond considering is how long ago that was. Yeah. Uh, those friendships I treasure so much because it is, there's so much, our lives are so strange here in terms of like, you know, the inconsistency of the, just the the way our careers work unless you are you know on this criminal minds for 12 years Mm -hmm. most often there's just so much happening it's kind of nice to connect with those people Mm -hmm. who you don't have to give them the rundown it's like they they have a sense of what your life is but the bond and the core of your friendship doesn't pertain to like oh i did a guest star on this thing or like this was the movie i was shooting it's so nice because it's so interesting, too, because how many years have passed. Like, a friend of mine from college came to visit around New Year's. And he's like, okay, I'm like, come over. I threw a little party. He came over. And it's like, no, you just pick right back up. I mean, It doesn't it, make me feel old. It makes me feel young. When really, I see my college friends, so I'm not bizarre. like, look at how old we all are. I'm like, look at how young we no, all are. I feel so and peppy just, and great. And it's so great because the friendships, if you can make some authentic friendships that just can stand the test of time. You know, it's just, it's fantastic because you, they, I mean, literally any one of them could pick up the phone and they would be, could stay in my house, you know, yeah. when they come to town and, and vice versa. And it's just so nice to have that type of stuff. And I wish we could spend more time together, but I'm happy for the fact that we still know each other. Yeah. And they feel the same. It's like when you know that that is, that that's the universal kind of sentiment even that in of itself almost feels like you are spending more time together. It's like, well, I think about you and I wish that we saw each other more. It's like, well, then somewhere in an alternate universe, we're hanging out all the time. So cool, cool, cool. Or we could plan a cruise. 
Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> then you're stuck with each other. Hopefully there's no food, uh, seaborne illnesses going on. You can just uh, enjoy yourselves. I say that I've been on cruises. That's never happened to me. And yet I'm still afraid of it happening. Um, and, and the other thing I was going to say, too, I, I mean, I'm, I, this is a podcast where I really jump all over the place. But, okay. I, but just to bounce back to, the, um, to low life, uh, one of the things that I love about acting is that if you're put in a situation where you're in this just like bananas scenario oh, right. that, with this over the top plot, that's just like cuckoo crazy, uh-huh. but it's, but you've already now described to me like a thing in the movie and a thing in real life that I feel like you probably completely were able to tap into, which is yeah. like, how do I protect my daughter? Right. right. So is oh. that, where, did you feel grounded in that sense and even though the the plot is so the thing that i think the reason why the movie works is that it's it's really grounded you i don't know that you would buy it you know all this crazy without there being a grounded in some truth and this is my struggle like each of the characters they have their own struggle but it's real for them Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that's what makes it yeah and that's what makes it identifiable and i think it's why it's been working with audiences like literally Around the world, this thing plays. It's so crazy. I've sat in audiences in different countries and watched the audience get the jokes and get the. Get oh, the that heart. is great. Because humor can be tough to translate. Exactly. You're absolutely right. Because it's, it's very. It's so L.A. It's yeah. Such an, yeah. It is an L.A. story, but um, but not an L.A. we always see. Yeah. Is it a is it a movie that your kids can or have seen oh, or no, will no, no, see? It's yeah. <laughs> No, no, it's rated R. Just no, no, no. We're not going to make an exception on no, this one. For no, no. How old no. are your kids? Tell me again. 13 and 8. 13 and 8. Yeah, yeah. 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 When I was 13, I was probably seeing stuff at friends' houses that I wasn't ready to see that, I, you know, was yeah. like, I eh, probably shouldn't have. I probably could have waited on that one. <laughs> well, it's, it's tricky with the 13-year-old because even TV 14 is like, ah. Oh. I don't know. These days? I mean, dude. Jesus. I mean. I can't believe I, I just had this conversation with my sweetie the other day. We were watching something that was on one of the, you know, basic cable shows. And I'm not yeah. saying there isn't some, I mean, I'm honored to be in a time when the characters are so great on television and the plot, and there's so much complicated stuff happening in, yeah. in storytelling and on TV. But it's very complicated. And to be, yeah. I mean, I, I really, I was like, how, like, I don't want to be, I'm, I don't feel like I'm, you know, super uptight and I exactly. don't want to feel that way. But I, I definitely was like, well, no, I, mean, I can't, um, I, some of the shit that is on even like NBC, like dude, Hannibal, dude. Hannibal. Yeah, no. No, it's that a lot. is beyond TVMA. Yeah. That is like yeah. if I had seen that just on NBC as a kid when well, I was like that, ten, it, I would have had nightmares for a year. You know, there's that, and then there's YouTube because you yeah, know everything's changed. Everything's dude, different. I mean, like you know, different. one one video leads to some suggestions, it's just right there. suggestions, and it's such an interesting like you are. It's hard. It's really to be a really parent, hard to I, try I, I, only, to... I have only respect. I mean, I try to teach them how to be their own person and um, make responsible choices. And, and, and because I can't keep out the world. Yeah. The world is the world is the world is the world. Yeah. And the best I can do is prepare you to make the best decisions for it. But yeah. because, you know, I can't hide it from you. As well, as much as I try, because kids got you. Kids have phones. My kids don't. They hate me for this, but I don't care. Um, but you know, but everyone else has got a phone. Yeah. So even if you're policing in your house, they're going to go to school at the lunch table and watch YouTube. Yeah. And they're watching this crazy. So you can only give them enough wherewithal to make proper choices. Like this is appropriate. This is not appropriate. This is why. Yeah. If I have to explain it to you, this is part of the problem. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, like, like yeah. The fact that I had to explain it in more multiple uh, words, multiple times. Is yeah. Even bigger part of the problem. Yeah. So um, no, it's crazy out there. So no, they can't see low life. Yeah. No, no, not. I can't see low life. Although low life is not nearly as bad as half that crap out there. I mean, yeah. low life is just bloody. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's just a bloody movie. But in terms of, I don't want to try to explain sex trafficking and organ harvesting, really. I don't want to get enough. into it. Hey, fair just enough. like, you know, fair like to live enough. in a little Shangri-La where sex trafficking isn't going on uh-huh. at the airport. I, I think there's a time and place for uh, finding out about what a lot they, of that what stuff. What does that mean, sex trafficking? What are they doing oh. with them? Like, okay. Because I don't want you to hate men. I don't want yeah. Like, yeah. You know, like, it's just because the, the Me Too movement alone 
leads to enough conversations yeah. and trying to explain, explain, yeah. explain. And has that been a con? Yeah, has that been a topic at the? Well, uh, you know, it's just absolutely. Yeah, you know, but it, but in terms of trying to keep it balanced and trying to understand um, uh, what's happening and and what you hear, because you can't again explaining Trump, uh, you know, because Trump's on the news all the time and saying crazy stuff. And then you got the Parkland shooting. So my daughter participated in the walkout. You know, they live in a world where it's out there. Yeah. It's out there. So you just, all you can do is prepare them best you can. Plus. That's why you got to be home sometimes. <laughs> you can't think, just run all I over the country. I think you're onto something. <laughs> like, I think you're onto something. I'm just saying, you might want to be present. Yeah. <laughs> like, a little, little I'm bit. A, I'm, a little I'm, bit. I'm, I, you know, I just, I'm a big advocate for good parenting or at least an attempted a, an attempt an attempt at yeah. good parenting because you do your best I, because I just think that um, if more of us did that we could we could you can for instance if you look up uh, ratings of schools which of course I've done and and you're trying to look at well which kids and they break it down which kids do well which kids don't do well and you will find that kids no matter how bad the school is kids who are whose parents have graduated from college tend to do better so why is that you know, so I think yeah. there's a there's something about are are they more present parents? You know, is it an affluence thing? Like so so what is it about that more educated parent? So I just think about like well, what can we be doing as parents to make because if a good parent can make a bad school better, then then there's a lot that we can do that that we have control over. Right, right. I'll come down off my soapbox. Uh, no, 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 no. It's good. I mean, education's a big deal. I th- it's a huge. Well, both my parents were were teachers. One taught at Go a public figure. school for most of for half her career, and then she was at a private school. And then my dad was public school, high school all the way through his entire career. Oh, wow. So I am very passionate about that stuff too. And I have it's very I have huge. really complicated feelings about you know public schools, charter schools, private schools. Right. It's it's it scares me because I do feel like. Because if I were a parent and I sort of looked at the climate, I'm sure I would make very similar choices to my friends who are sending their kids to private. So like I do oh, I not envy that choice. School. But that's, yeah. I mean, my at my core, I want everyone to have access. And I don't even, I don't want it to be a lottery. I don't want it to, mm. I just want it to be, because that to me is where I establish my sense of community being everybody who didn't look like me people from every walk of life, people whose parents had no education, people whose parents exactly. were, you know, had PhDs. Exactly. Like that was a That's really important world. environment for that's me to yeah. get to know, you know? Right. And that, and so that's, that's a real, and, and I think I agree with you that the sort of like participation of a parent too, it, it, that it works both ways that a school can only do so much and a parent can only do so much. And yeah, if both sides are just like, ah, you'll deal with it. It's like, whoa, it's hard. It's, it's really hard. I mean, like, um, I'm fortunate because I work from home. So I'm able to give a lot of time to my kids. Yeah. You know, um, my ex, he works like my God, how many hours a week does mm-hmm. he work? I mean, it's just, he works so much and that's like most people. So they're, you're away from home and then you're exhausted and then you're under so much pressure. I mean, I just think that um, we have this really interesting world we've created in the United States where there is a lot of demands on individuals and a lot of hours that people have to work to barely get by. And um, there's just not enough value on um, the family life and parenting just in terms of, for instance, just in terms of vacation pay for when you when you have a baby. You know, it's not going home to be with your, your kids is not a value. Right. You know, we, we value this, these, these exterior achievements as opposed to how well your kids are doing. Yeah. You know, I really think there should be like parenting awards. Like <laughs> you raise kids and they didn't burn down the school. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, like, I mean, this is awesome. Yeah. You know, you've got some yeah. well-adjusted kids. Hey, can we give her a round of applause? Because that, that, that's the thing that really frustrates me. There should be more attention to, you know, the people who are putting the time and energy into, into raising their kids because yeah. it makes our world better yeah it's just it's, saying no it's true but and that and that you're exactly right it's walking hand in hand with education it's yeah. like if you can't yeah yeah it just i uh at least that's my opinion but um that has nothing to do with this mom i play in low life she was not a great <laughs> she was not a great parent and she's trying to make up for it by you know r- running around with a shotgun and and trying to rescue her daughter so it's it's fun and crazy but yeah i totally identified with any woman 
any person trying to make up for the redemption past. stories. She's just redemption to, yeah, stories. I love them too. Yeah, because that taps into and like every no, you know all three three main characters and all three of the characters are trying to make up for something mm-hmm. and it's. And who can't relate to that? Everybody can relate to that. You know? It's such a driving force. Yeah. It's such a driving force. Yeah. And like you said, globally, which is now we are in a world where we have access to one another in a way that we've never had before. And you want that to be the upside of the internet and of everything being yeah. available to your kids all the time. It's like, mm. well, hopefully the upside of that is that there is a sense of people being more alike than different you know you just i'm just you just hope that it's that there's a piece of that as well that it feels that there's you know that that, that it doesn't feel as much like oh we're just isolated in this one place and like no one can well, relate to feel, us and we can't relate to anybody well, else what's kind of sad is how people kind of create their little tribes you know in, on in social yeah. social cyber it's place. very natural to yeah, think, as animals or as yeah, social creatures for us to yeah. want to feel like oh i have this is my mm-hmm. these are my people these are my people these are the people who have got my back and I got their back but as soon as you do that these that means they're ev- does that then mean everybody else is not, a not threat people. yeah yeah well it's so interesting because um my we binge watched the hundred mm-hmm. and it's all about you know I'm, I, you know the sky people and the ground people and, and my people and your people and are we you know it's so interesting how we just that whole when you're talking about my people it's so tribal it's so yeah and then on the other side of it is like, well, what hap- What do you think of those who aren't your people? Mm-hmm. You know, and and the truth of the matter is, we have to start expanding that definition. You know, to Big all time. of us, to Big all time. people. You know, because that's what we all are. And maybe that's part of why we're so um, we like in entertainment. There's still this obsession. I mean, I I feel it too. But the sort of like sci-fi of it all, where mm. what does it take? Like, does it take this outside force? Or virus. I mean, anything where well, suddenly yeah. it's not picky about you're from this country, you're from this country, you're from this income bracket. You're, when it's something that Earthlings. the entire earth, right? <laughs> right. And that's right. and that there's some part of us that wants that yearns for the sense of collectiveness. And so when you take this sort of outside threat. Then finally, it's like finally we all get to go. Oh, I don't want anything to happen to you either, and I don't know well, you, but like we're all I mean, in this together. I know I've experienced that just in. Um, well, I grew up in Houston with hurricanes, and how people can really those come disasters, together, yeah. You know, for like a couple of days, uh, a couple. You know, like how do we hold on to that right. when there isn't something awful happening? When there isn't a school shooting, how That's do we treat question. each other that with the, the same care? Mm-hmm. Without having to see someone go through hell to get there. Yeah. Oh, how do we? How do we communicate on a more human, humanistic level? Yeah. How do we do that? This is what I like about. Uh, that's so funny. I'm actually going to wrap this back to low life. Please um, do it. Be, because it's about these. We are so the, the people are so different. These characters who come together to work together for this common goal, and and they. What's the most interesting thing about the movie is these wild characters come together and I, I, a, a luchador shows up at my place of work and we end up working together. So I never once questioned where he came from. Why are you wearing that mask? Uh-huh. And not, not once. I'm like, you, you want what I want? Great. We're together. I'm with you. Yeah. And boom. And it's off. And yeah. it's, and the audience doesn't question it. Just, we just kind of go for the ride and then we just keep adding people to the bus yeah. until, you know, we have our team. And, um, that's, what's really I think it's all about, and I think this is the great thing about storytelling is we talk about what's possible. Now, doesn't mean it's easy. Doesn't mean there aren't things to overcome, but that's what's possible. Yeah. And and in those those fleeting moments or, or those moments that only last a week or a couple of days after disasters where people come together, that can be expanded. Yeah, um, it's possible. I, we're, I, I, we're is, hungry for it. We're hungry for the it. How that's, is the question? Uh, the but, how is but a but huge it's, question. But it's possible. You know? But I I completely agree. I feel I th- I think we are hungry for those moments when we see an act of kindness to a stranger. Those just well, small things so that the big fear. ones and the small ones. We're so driven by fear. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to have enough. Yeah. It's a big one. They're going to get more than me. Yeah. And if they get it, what about me? Yeah. You know, and that's that's the, and so it's fear and so you it's my family. Oh, it's my people. You know, you just it's my town, it's my city, you know, in terms of trying to protect because there's there are people out there trying to take because as animalistic people or humans or creatures, you know, there's predatory behavior. 
So yeah. how do you protect yourself? So because we're all those things. Yeah. You know, we got, no, it's true. We're just this crazy. I mean, that's humans my, are like downright evil. I mean, we're, I mean, look at some of the atrocities that I humans know, have committed I know. Over, over time. I mean, it's just, this like, is my, this is my obsession. Ooh. My obsession is human. Atrocity. How do you, <laughs> I mean, I got to walk away from that a little bit sometimes. <laughs> okay. No, but the animal, like the, the, the evil and the divine, like to have yeah. all of that inside us all of and it. to be self-aware, to be aware you know as a species that doesn't mean every single person has the same level of awareness of all that kind of stuff and to your point there's some people have to some people that feels like a luxury some people are living day to day so meagerly and starving and that feels like that you look at somebody who has the luxury of being divine or whatever and it feels like fuck you you have that i don't i don't get to have that well, i gotta kill that, to survive that sort of animal instinct or you know even in the roughest neighborhoods you'll find people who choose to walk in a, in a higher path yeah you know and I mean, those are our those are angels on earth they're they're, they're, they're community sense, yeah. community leaders they're always yeah. there's always no matter where you go there are always people who are choosing choosing the light choosing the good there, yeah. there's always that and then there's the other side um, maybe that's just the human condition. I don't know. I've, I've been, I, I say, I think I've said this every podcast episode for like the six, six last six episodes, but I just feel, I just want to, I want it to be that we look at things we do now the same way, like we have made progress and we look at things that are happening now in 50 years, just like we look at things 50 years ago, just like we look at things a hundred years ago where, you know, our grandkids, grandkids, grandkids look back and are like, those poor idiots. Can you believe they didn't help each other? Blah, blah, blah. Or can you, do do you believe there was a time when such and such was happening? Like just because of the color of your skin or like there, because we have made progress. Mm -hmm. It's not, perfect and it's definitely you know what i mean but like as long as for people to be able to look you know those the for people to have to to, for so many people to look around and go like well i never would have done that that was you know like well you may you know someone's gonna say that looking at you 15 50 years from now they're gonna say i can't believe that person was such a part of their community they didn't realize they were hurting this other person this way when it's so interesting when you're caught up in your own thing that you can't you can't see past your nose you know you caught you and that's culturally yeah you know the great thing about the internet and all the videos is that you have to see it you keep having to see it because one of the things that united states didn't do that south africa did in terms of the truth and reconciliation project like being forced even in nazi germany being forced to confront the horrors of our racist past not really having to put it out in front of everyone um and then what happens is you know um young black male murdered over here, a young black woman found dead there, another woman um, claiming she's been assaulted, another woman, and now all these things are coming out, and we finally get to actually acknowledge the ugliness, because you can't move past it by pretending it didn't exist or it didn't happen. So even though we're in the midst of all of this ugliness and all of this pain, if we don't start, if we can't acknowledge it, if we can't sit down and look at it. You can't see the sickness. You don't know you're sick. You don't know you're sick and you can't move past it. We can't even, you're not even in reality. Yeah. Until, I mean, that's the most fantastic thing about the Me Too movement. I mean, because sometimes, you know, there was a part of me like, oh, that's harassment. God, I thought that was just working with men. Like some of it, some of it, not the really obvious stuff, but but just in terms of the subtle behavior that just becomes accepted as a part of the norm. And you can say the same thing about, about um, racist stuff. But, you know, this is the, we're in this really ugly period of seeing it all, but that's the only way we can get to the part where we can we can actually make it a part of our past. We have to grow through it. I mean, it's a long way from where we were, right? But um, this is the only way. To, this is the only way we can go because if we can't admit it, then we can't start to deal with the criminal justice system and some of the inherent biases. Well, that's that's know, yeah, and that's where thing, a you know? major, but yeah, and it's and it it's is a policy. culture thing. It's in it's it's endemic. It's it's, it's institutionalized, and it's so institutionalized. if you can do if what it takes to become a cop is only X Y Z, well, and see, you don't have any of the you sort can't of like separate that from the education system, absolutely not. And so all these absolutely one not. feeds on top of the other, and it sort of just breeds its own problem and so until you can actually you can't you have to look at the cancer and cut it out you can't just pretend oh we're fine we're fine it's the c word right. you know 
No, yeah. we're not fine. Yeah, we're not fine. It's, and people, it's very scary. That's I think I think the thing exactly. that gets like you were saying is is so fear oriented when you look at like law enforcement and criminal justice and you start to pull at the you know fraying edges which let's base yeah it's all fraying right. it's basically like a, a sweater full of moth eating holes at this point it's yeah. like that's very scary to people it's very scary to pull it apart and go like oh wait you're telling me we need to completely like just approach how we deal with like how we train law like how we recruit everything educate everything. pay all of it everything. all of it yeah People get so and scared that it's like, well, let's find him not guilty. You well, know what I mean? Like, that's easier. It's easier to just not be accountable because... Well, that's just burying it, You know what I mean? It's burying your head in the sand. Burying your head in the sand. But, it's painful. Um, it's, uh, but, you know, it just takes people continually drawing attention to the problem, but also people out there coming up with solutions yeah and and eventually them getting a voice i mean it's interesting like the naacp has a whole 10 point plan on how to fix the criminal justice system do they get airtime yeah. <laughs> you know are they on cnn every night getting yeah. to talk about their 10 point plan yeah. no because you know the media is an interesting thing because it's driven by sort of all the fear jealousy all the sort of like dark parts of us not that there's not good stuff but there's a lot of dark that get that that's gonna if, you know if it bleeds it leads yeah you know that's the stuff that's that's sort of like and we have an administration that's very loud right now right well, it's loud yeah. and there's but and there's a loudness there they got there for a reason <clears throat> absolutely you know it's absolutely just, so it's interesting um to try to you know but you just have it's about consistency just one step at a time yeah and and that means what else are you going to do? What else are you going to do? Just What's the alternative? Up, yeah. Give up. Go home. Can't. Bury yourself with my people. Can't. <laughs> uh, I mean, can't. Yeah. No, you just keep it doesn't going. work. It doesn't work. Well, we know it doesn't work. I mean, that's what hopefully, um, I love what certain documentaries do. Like I'm watching a documentary now on Flint, mm-hmm. um, the police officers in Flint. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting because I think they still have lead poisoning in the water. I'm sure. And I'm sure. And just their, pro- so many of their problems and the police department and the poverty and and the crime, and it's so interesting, really seeing what's really happening. And I think you, we just have to be use all of those five hundred and something TV shows that are out there to learn something about what's really going on in the world we live in. Yeah. So that we could not be so that you know when it comes time to vote, <laughs> we 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 vote with compassion. Yeah. God, vote with compassion is my new. That's like I could put that on a t shirt today <laughs> and wear it every day until it stunk. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Uh, let's let's end on a on an up note. Not to say that this hasn't been um, nothing wrong. Incredibly fulfilling. About Absolutely <laughs> nothing wrong. Um, in fact, we'll, we can incorporate some of our our, our hopes for the future into this mash game yes. too. So okay, um, let's do okay. So let's start with that. Let's do. Uh, let's say that 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 this first category will be. Um, it does. I mean, we all, you know, we, there's a sort of like trope about, you know, a Miss America person being like, I visualize world peace. But what? let's look oh at, let's, let's look more micro. Oh, no. no, no, no. I'm for world peace. Uh, bless them. Bless them all. Yeah. Uh, but, but. It's kind of a dumb question. But uh, yeah, it's, well, it's, again, it's the sort of like overreaching, like, oh my God, it's, uh, how, where do you start? So right. let's say, let's say we have our, our, uh, Within like the next handful of years, in in your uh, mash ideal universe, this is the, here are three things, and they can be small that um, you would like to see. Like, wouldn't it be great if within the next five years, these three things uh, that helped uh, shape social change uh, could come to be? Um, I would like felons to have the right to vote. Because I think without the right to vote, you can't be a full citizen. Agreed. I would like um, the question on the applications. Uh, have you ever been convicted of a felony to be eliminated? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. These are like, <laughs> these are little things that I think would be cool. You are, you are in a, uh, like all, every podcast I listen to is like crime or criminal justice related. And to the point now where I'm like, should I get a law degree? <laughs> Should I drop everything I'm doing and just start pursuing the law? I find it fascinating, it's so funny. frustrating. So, I'm yeah. right there with you. Ban the box. I'm right there um, with you. And the third thing I'd like to see, I would like to see, really, honestly, I would like to see moms and dads like held in a higher regard. I want, I want like, I really do want a parenting award. I love it. I really I'm putting do. It down. I want. I think it's great because I I know so many moms who feel guilty 
you know, feel guilty that their careers can't go as far as they want to go because they've got to do this with the kids and, or they can't do as much with, with um, the kids as they want to because of their careers. And I just feel like that, that um, if we could, if we could value that more there, maybe we could lessen that guilt. Yeah. And you choose what 100%, you choose. hundred percent, hundred percent. So there's that. Great, great, Parenting great, great. Awards. Great. The first annual Parenting Awards should be. I would on. watch that. <laughs> I would watch that. What network should we put it on? Parenting Awards. Let's see. Um, ABC. <laughs> ABC Family. <laughs> ABC Family. <laughs> Take your pick. Now. Yeah, let's yeah. get it. Let's let's get it out there. Let's I like get that. it out there. Well, it just should be ABC because Disney owns ABC and it's all family. That's right. It should right. stand behind that. And then when you win, you get a trip to Disney World. Hell yes. <laughs> I, this is, could really go places. Away from the crocodiles. This could really go. <laughs> Preferably as far away from large reptiles that feel like they're from a totally different era yeah, of the world's none of development. None of that. Those, uh, are, those are my, those are my, those there'd are be great. more, but those are the first three. Those are fabulous. Mind. Fabulous. Okay. Uh, next one, uh, three places in the world that even if you've never been there, just based on kind of what you sense about them uh-huh. or have heard, but three places that if getting there weren't a pain, uh, you would have a vacation home. Oh, if I, I um, oh, Cape Town, South Africa. Great. Um, if getting there weren't a pain, like on the weekends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. It's like, let's just remove the whole, oh, yeah. but then I would have to wait in line for the. No. Right, right, right. Um, probably I'd have a place in Paris. Great. And I love, um, if it, if it wasn't so far away, I would go to Southeast Asia a lot more. I mean, I would go, like, I, I loved, um, Siam Reap in Cambodia. Okay. When I went there, I would go, I would go more. Should we do, we'll do, we'll do a place in. You can do Siam Reap. How do you spell Siam Reap? S-I-A-M. So far, so good. R-E-A-P. Siam Reap. Siam Reap. In Cambodia. Great, great, great. Okay, great. Uh, This is my, one of my favorite frivolous categories. Three, uh, in in an alternate universe, three foods that have zero negative ramifications on you. You could have them in (laughs) perpetuity. There she goes. Pizza. That's French fries. Yes, indeed. Um, And if I could just eat this all the time and not not be bad, you know, it's re- I might have it today. I really love spinach and artichoke dip. Like, oh my from god, like Friday Hell yes. or Are you kidding me? I love that stuff. I mean, so good. It's I and mean, oh. then you eat it with the salty tortilla yeah, chips. Just bad do. and bad and yes, bad. It's so indeed. good. But you know, you can have that like you know once every couple weeks. It's okay. Yes, just yes. not on the regular. Yes, it's not on the regular. I used to, I would normally pick fried food, but. I've kind of, I did pick French fries, but I've kind of weaned myself off of fried food so it doesn't have that pull. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I get well, that's what I was about to say about the spinach or artichoke, artichoke dip is the relationship that I have to some foods, I love them so tenderly that I almost have to not have them at all right. because I can't do them once every two oh. weeks. It's that thing where it's like, I know, but then when I taste it, I'm going to be so sad that in two weeks, I have <laughs> a two week stretch, see, they seem so far away. Oh, I start to look forward to it, you know, yeah. like um, on Saturdays uh, or at least once a week I have a muffin and for a long long time I never I mean like I didn't eat like pasta I didn't eat muffins because yeah. for a long time until I started working with a dietitian it was like you can eat this stuff you know it's yeah. just how yeah and how often well we put the skull and crossbones over as yeah, women so, especially in the industry and so you now start, I started yeah. eating muffins man I'm like man every week I pick out my muffin I start baking muffins tastes a hell of a lot I, better than when you eat it every day oh yeah it is like when you have something yeah. when you when you have something like that and it's a treat mm-hmm. boy yeah, so I love to treat myself, like, you know, like I love once that. a week, once a couple weeks. Yeah, I yep. do too. I do too. Um, and I was the same way. I was, like I said, I was like, I, can't, I don't think I can ever have that or I'll just ever, eat it all the time. Ever. Like, oh, I can exercise. Some sort of yeah, modicum. Oh, just yeah. exercise? <laughs> just, just dead stop there. So, stop with hold that. Hold on. You mean if I exercise, so I can pretty much eat whatever I this want? This is a revelation. As long as I don't go crazy. I'm like, yeah. oh, really? How fast <laughs> do I need to get my heart rate up? watch copy that copy that it's so much fun it's so much fun and then there's all these other benefits of like getting your heart rate up that are like no one talks about oh man I need it now it feels really good I feel so much better endorphins are a beautiful thing Uh, okay Mm -hmm. so this is our alternate universe Uh, now this could just be like some Mm. sexy times type of a partner it could be like alternate universe husband it could be uh, and it can be uh, (laughs) any you know it can be someone from any era (laughs) (laughs) let me cherish this one Uh, and it could be like a character from something it doesn't okay. have to just be Let's this see. actor you know it could be like oh it could be character from a book okay Three. oh yeah 
what are you what's the question oh uh, that's like that you would pick to be like you know in your alternate universe your 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 companion your Um, sweetie your (laughs) i have a thing about vampires love it um love where this is going already (laughs) what was his name in twilight i know it was robert pattinson what was his his character's name i think it was edward Edward. And I say that having yeah. never seen a Twilight movie, yeah, but that I think would, it was, that oh, would no, be... I've seen a Twilight movie. I was lying. I saw all three. Um, were there three? Yeah. So, right. yeah, no, definitely, definitely, uh, right? uh, I would be somewhere lost in vampire land, Mar- sure, but Ed- ma- married to Edward. Let's put Edward on there. Edward, Fantastic. No doubt about beautiful, it. Beautiful, glittery um, skin. Let's see. In another fantasy world, uh, Idris Elba. Oh, yeah. That'd oh, be fun. Hello. That'd be so much fun. Hello. Um, and then see, I have one more, one more fantasy mm-hmm, person. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> mm. Do I have one? Do I have an? <gasps> I can't say that. Um, because <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> well, I would do Barack Obama, but then what are we gonna do about Michelle? Know, like you know, like, a, like <laughs> but this is an alternate universe where it's like he's there's two, there's two. <laughs> There's just two. That would be fun. You know, I could live that. I got to put him on there. This is. I love it. But he would be a king. Mm -hmm. So there would be a royal wedding with all the pomp and circumstance. Oh, I love it. I love it. Horse and carriage. Here you come. The the stupid royalty. Yeah. All of that stupidness. I love it. Stupidness. That would be stupid gold, stupid, stupid royalty. (laughs) And then then I could divorce him and be Princess Diana and be like, I'm leaving this all behind to To save the children. To do humanitarian work. It's a fairy tale with a very sad ending, but uh, a oh, lot of well, good no, deeds. I don't die. Yeah, not not her. Hers is has a sad ending. Hers this is yours tragic. does not. Tragic. Yours does yeah. not. Um, okay, let's uh, similarly, but this is three movies that uh-huh. you can step into, and it's not you're not reliving the plot. You're just in that world, like just okay. get you know whatever that feels like to you. Oh, okay. I don't know if this is a, supposed to be a good good movie or a bad movie. Most movies I like are so tragic. Um, like you know, like you, you know, you're on the run. But you go back, yeah. You're on yeah. the run. I mean, there's no what happy because I don't want to step into it's a wonderful life. Yeah, um, yeah. So let's see. Uh, oh my God, the born identity. What are you talking about? Nice. I'd be in a born movie all day. Nice. All day. Um, it'd be crazy. Let's see. Um, the first one came to mind was the Matrix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, I, agreed. I, I just, I just dig it. And then, um, mm, I want to be in a movie where I'm in New York. So, like, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. what movie would that be in New York? What's a good new, yeah, what's a good New York movie? I, I can only think of New York stories or... Um, yeah, all, they're all Woody Allen and that's not so No, great I'm not thinking of those. I'm trying to think, where can I be? Um, I don't know. I don't have a third movie that pops in my head where I'd want to walk into. I'm trying to think of a good, yeah, like a... like a. I want to, but I want to, except so for Scandal, but that's a TV too. show. Oh, I'm putting that down. That's perfect. <laughs> Let me put that on there. Scandal. Yeah, we're going to count that. I should have said TV or movie. Yeah. That's what I should have done. Um, okay, next category, because you brought up The Matrix. Yes. Now, this is a situation where it's three skills that, not unlike oh, The Matrix, you mm. wake up and you've just downloaded it and you're an mm. expert three. Ooh. So it could be martial arts. It could be math. It could be playing guitar. Oh, it could be I, language. I be a computer programmer. Great. So stupid, I know. No, because then I Oh my could, God, if I knew how, if I no, understood- No, but I could like, be stupidly stupid computer programmer, like, you know, like take over- Like a hacker? Cities. Love it. Computer programmer, Love like it. mad control. Let's mad do it. Mad control. Let's do it. Yeah, so three three skills, mm-hmm. okay. And then, um, of course, I'd be a supreme martial artist. Got to. I would, I would kick much ass Got all to. the time. Great. And then the third thing, I would be- I would be a Zen master. Yep. I would yep. be eternally Zen and wise. Yep. Beautiful. <laughs> These are gorgeous choices. Gorgeous oh. choices. Gorgeous choices. Okay. This is now, this is for, this is a question for you to answer like kind of on behalf of your kids. Okay. So basically they each get their own We'll do we'll do one for well, I guess that would mean that only one of them would get one. But okay, so something they would share together. But like okay. suddenly you have the sort of magical extra kind of like the room of requirement in Harry Potter movies where it's inside I don't know if you I didn't know if that was a, a, the movie they liked, but oh, yeah, um, they do. it's the idea that your house is just your normal house, but there's uh-huh. like a secret door uh-huh. and the secret door exists in an alternate universe. So it could be uh-huh. as big, as small, it could be lead to a forest, it could lead to uh-huh. video game room. It's just this like extra room for 
for your kids that oh. they get to like go have adventures oh. in or oh, just yeah. chill in or whatever. Well, I know. Great I can types. tell you, my daughter would would love a forest room. Great. A forest room that's high in the mountains. This would, this Me would, too. I would never see her again. Me too. <laughs> she would like, she'd be very, very happy. And, and my son, he would love, they would both, well, my son mostly would love a video game room. But um, but he would have to be able to be invisible. He would want to okay. like. It would be more than it would. Wouldn't be a video game room. He would want to walk inside, inside the game. The video game. Great. Mm-hmm. He'd want to walk inside the game. I get it and I applaud it. <laughs> and then um, I don't know what room they would share together because that. Okay, be... let's make one for you then. It could be oh, like oh for me. Ooh. I could have a secret room in the house. Gosh, mm-hmm. it's so funny because I feel like, really so happy um, with <laughs> what I have. Um, a secret room for me. I don't know. Hmm. It could be like a. It would just be like a. It would like be a Zen like, room. Could it, be like a Zen room. Nah, nah, You're like. Nah, I, got, I got a cool Zen vibe. Okay, I, all know, right. I, it would be a transporter room. Great. So it would Great. take me to wherever mm-hmm. I felt like going, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. I could be back by three o'clock to pick the kids up. That's for good. That's almost like <laughs> wishing for more wishes from the genie. You really like yeah. open that wide up. I think that's a very good use of the category. Yeah, like, very I, fine I use of the, the category. Room, like, I feel like Bangkok. Yeah, you know, yeah. and off I go, That's perfect. and then I'm back. That's great. The transporter room, brilliant. <laughs> yes, best best use of the category ever. Um, okay, and the final one is three people. They could be living now. They could be uh, in the past. Uh, that are almost that are like sort of mentors and friends. It's like the bat phone. You can call this person, oh. and it's from any era, and they love you, and they're always so happy to hear from you, and they give great advice. Ooh, Gandhi, great. Gosh, Malcolm X. Great. You know who I would love to talk with is um, I don't you, I don't know if you know this 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 author is Franz Fanon. He's I don't think a, I do. He's a philosopher that I used to read in the uh, in the sixties. But anyway, just a lot of interesting books on um, colonialism and 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 oppression and surviving oppression. It's just interesting. Anyway, so oh, yeah, but that'd Let's be a, a brain I'd love to to pick. Absolutely, sit down over dinner like so. Yeah. About this whole current situation we're in now. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Because none of this is new. You know, we've been redoing this or trying to unfold from some of these things for a long time. Love it. God, this is great. Okay. So how I determine, it's almost like an eeny, meeny, miny, mo situation where I get you, I get you, could be, could be a mansion, could be a apartment, could be a shack or a house. I can't control it. Based on this list. Basically what I got to get from you is just a very brief, almost like a, you know, three to five seconds. I'm just going to do this little squiggle thing. Hard Uh to explain that, that gives me the kind of like one, two, three, cross out one, two, three. And then I'll quickly give you one from each category that you end up with in this fictitious future of yours. All right. So just for now, just very quickly, tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay, great. I'm going to pause was this. long enough? It was perfect. It was okay. perfect. I'm going to pause this. I'm going to do a oh. tiny bit of eeny, meeny, minies kind of. I'm going to come back Ooh. with your 100% guaranteed future. Oh, funny. Let's find it out. What's my life? First of all, this is, nev- this is never easy for me. I have to tear oh, out the Band-Aid off. You did get a shack. Now. It's okay. Who's in the shack? The shack you? is in Paris. <laughs> So it's like a little pied a terre. It's a little pied a terre. You don't need much. You're going to be out in the streets of Paris enjoying yourself. You don't need anything more than like a bed and a kitchen. Okay. So you got got your shack in Paris. You got your charming walk up in Paris. Uh Uh, You have uh, unlimited access to and zero negative ramifications Pizza, pizza, and pe- more pizza. I feel that you got the best. That was, would have been my pick for you because I love pizza so much. Uh, you have, and by the way, that's just your vacation home. You still have your regular house that oh. also has this magical video game room where ah, anybody in like the household fun. can jump into whatever game they want at <laughs> any time. Uh, I know that you were able to create that room because you are a genius computer programmer. Ah, yes. <laughs> so if you need to shift some stuff around and get rid of that shack and move into a mansion, you, you have the I've Ability to make it happen. You can move some money around, uh, take it away from some people who maybe don't deserve to have any because uh, so they're funny. terrible people. Um, you have also uh, the ability when you just want an adrenaline rush to jump right into the matrix and just be all <laughs> up in that. And by the way, computer programmer, not the worst thing to be able to do if you're in the matrix. Um, I don't know if that, if like it was some, I, I want to say, even though you probably could have done it in like a sneaky hacker kind of way, it was actually. Um, um, 
you were able to communicate on a very real level to the rest of the United States and everyone got on board legit <laughs> and gave felons the right to vote. So there was a serious <laughs> instrument a of social movement. change. Yes. You had a big movement. Yes. So thank you on behalf of the entire country uh-huh. for that. And uh, I know that part of that was probably just the unlimited access you had to Gandhi probably gave you some good ideas on how to address the, the masses why I'm happy and in make my an shack impact. And, and uh, all of this you are sharing <laughs> with a vampire named Edward. <laughs> <laughs> the best i love it this beautiful twinkly that's skin awesome so that's, that's awesome. what you ended up with not too shabby my friend not that's too shabby at all that's pretty um, funny nikki please tell people where they can see low life uh where they can find you on social media if you would like yes. and uh and then that will wrap up the podcast and i will say farewell low life opens across the country on april 6th so it's in theaters everywhere very it'll nice. also be coming out on demand soon that Assume that way. And then I'm on um, I'm on Facebook at Love Nikki Me Show, Twitter Nikki Me Show, Great. Instagram Nikki Me Show. So please Great. follow me on all those. With your and um, and I'll be in New York April first, um, where we're gonna be having a premiere for Low Life. Right so on. anybody any you have listeners in New York? Yes, absolutely. So yeah. Any listeners in New York, come check out my Facebook page. I've got a I'm, I've got a post up about With passes and stuff? Um yeah, well, I don't Wait. know if I have passes, but I'll be well, there like, yeah. and you can come find out about the event and come yeah, hang out. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Say hi. Excellent. This is coming out uh just in just two days. So awesome. people will have plenty of notice and stuff. Perfect. Um excellent. Thank you so much for doing the podcasting. Oh, this was a pleasure and a joy. Oh, you're welcome. All right, talk to you soon, guys. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by The Amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 